This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. This week the full hafta will be public and not behind a paywall. We are fixing some glitches that on some browsers and on some instruments uh, you're not able to access the hafta from behind the paywall because of a compatibility issue with our podcast platform. So until we can fix that, the hafta is public. Enjoy free for all. So do share it widely and get more people to listen to hafta and subscribe to newslaundry.com. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता टुडे वी हैव ऑन द पैनल टू गेस्ट फ्रॉम वेल नॉट वन ऑफ जार ओन इन हाउस आनंद वर्धन द अदर फ्रॉम एक्चुअली न्यूज आउटफिट कॉल द लीड संध्या रविशंकर हैज बिन अ टेलीविजन न्यूज रिपोर्टर एंड प्रोड्यूस फॉर टेन ईयर्स शी इज वर्क विद न्यूज एटीन टाइम्स नाउ सी एन बी सी टी एटीन एंड अदर्स शी इज बिन पार्ट ऑफ द कॉल लॉन्च टीम फॉर ईटी नाउ and puthia thalimurai did i pronounce it correctly just correct me please you uh, no it's puthia thalimurai <laughs> i am a disgrace to, to to tamil my tamil genes my mother is tamilian by the way from tirunelveli she is so ashamed of me anyway sandhya uh, decided to freelance in 2014 she founded the lead in 2016 it's a consortium of independent journalists from across five south indian states She has a number of groundbreaking stories to her credit including her extensive work on the illegal beach sand mining expose in Tamil Nadu which won her the Ramnath Goyanka award for excellence in journalism in 2019 and she's exposed the flawed arithmetic in Jalalitha's acquittal of Bengaluru High Court in a corruption case sorry Jalalitha's acquittal in Bengaluru High Court in a corruption case she covers politics social inequality human rights development and policy reportage and she has authored a biography of the late dmk chief m karunanidhi published in 2018 by harper collins so i remember reading it did i speak to you after that sandhya i have no idea oh i remember reading it did i read the whole thing did yeah. you like it you read the whole book yeah yeah i read the whole book i remember and i commented on it in hafta i don't know why i feel that i maybe you were on the half okay maybe you weren't that was that's pretty cool so that's our panel and of course anand vardhan joining us from patna hi anand yeah hello yes sandhya where are you right now i'm based in chennai okay so you're there at the moment and joining us In the studio is Raman Kripal. Hi, Mehraj. Hello, Manisha. Hello, and I am Abhinandan Sekri. Before we get into the discussion, and I'd also like to know Sandhya's thinking behind the lead and what it's about and what her plans with it are. Can we just get the headlines of what was making news the last week? Manisha, can you please do the honors? Yes, there's been the gruesome custodial deaths of a father-son duo in Tuticorin, Tuticori. I call it Tuti Gorin. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion around it, a lot of reporting, and the police has found to have fabricated evidence and also lied about the sequence of events. So we can go deep into that. Kashmir continues to burn. There's been a civilian and a CRPF jawan uh, killed in a militant attack, and there was this really gruesome image of a little boy on his grandfather's body that's been doing the rounds. Um, so we can discuss that. China has agreed to parameters for Galwan Valley pullback. No breakthrough on Pengong. In fact. um there's been uh, images of a pla signage on our side of the pengong so lake the indian government has banned 59 chinese apps including tiktok this was portrayed as a power move by the indian government as surgical strike digital strike and what not so the swiftness the swiftness suddenness thoroughness of it all was mm. uh, discussed on prime time for quite a bit uh, prime minister narendra modi had a tuesday address where i think uh, he made a very good decision of inclu- um, extending the free food grain scheme up till november mm. that was all that there was to the speed there was a lot of speculation about what it's going to be but essentially it was just that 
more than 75% of Delhi's uh, over 87,000 COVID cases were reported in June. So clearly we're seeing the spike. There's been a triple lockdown in parts of Kerala again uh, after a coronavirus spike. Uh, schools, meanwhile, have been allowed to collect admission and tuition fee. This is uh, a judgment by the Punjab and Haryana High Court. Even though I think uh, there's still online tutorials, right? Yeah, our classes are being taken online, but yeah. I guess when hostels and all on there, there's there's certain hostels and the buses for the day and I think there should be a marginal reduction in fee. The fixed costs are there, but what is a triple lockdown? Could you just tell us that also? It is when the there is surveillance using the police intelligence. A triple lockdown is a three-phase system introduced with a strategy that leverages the expertise of human resource and police in conducting surveillance inquiry and investigation. So I'm reading out from the report. So basically, I think the three-pronged way of Clearly. surveillance inquiry and investigation is what? Just a triple tr- tracing and uh, yeah. isolation. Hmm. Using the police. Ah, using the surveillance. So, hmm. Mamta Banerjee, meanwhile, has said that she's going to cut off parts of West Bengal uh, from five locations with high COVID cases. Delhi is one of those places. And Bihar, uh, there's a Sad story from Bihar where a wedding has turned into a super spreader and the groom died in the... Next groom day. Groom passed, passed away the next day. He died of COVID, huh? Uh, they don't know yet. In they fact, maybe yet. Anand can tell us a little more about that. And 113 guests were, you know, positive. And I think over 300 people actually attended that wedding. There have been floods in Assam. 1.5 million people affected. 23 districts affected. And uh, about 27 people dead. This is an annual occurrence. Yeah, we discuss this every Almost, half time. Yeah. We are, yeah. I, I don't know, nothing Annual changes. occurrence, which is largely ignored by the mainstream media. Maybe because it's become an annual occurrence. But still, 27 people dead in floods is quite a bit. Uh, China has passed the controversial Hong Kong security law. Hundreds have been arrested. Yes. And also there's a new flu-like virus with the potential of a pandemic discovered in China. Yet again. Yet again. So, thank you for that. Uh, Let's start first with the lead. You see, I'm trying to pun. I may have kind of failed at that. But Sandhya, what is your thinking behind the lead? You're saying it's it's like a collective of journalists. It's not an outfit by itself. What's your thinking behind it? What are your plans with it? Well, it started off as a collective of journalists and uh, we would, uh, it was sort of a news feature agency where we would do ground reports and uh, it would get published in various publications like Hindustan Times or Scroll or XYZ. But over over a period of time, we have now converted it into a publication in its own right. And uh, we don't really do news. We do the boots on the ground reportage we do, um, you know, analysis. We don't. Uh, we don't really do the Day-to-day outrage. News. Daily yeah, news. we're trying to do a little bit of old school journalism focused in South India. I see. So you'll have. So you said from a collective, you've like made it into a, a platform. I'm guessing a, a company or a, a not for profit or a society or or that's you haven't thought that through yet. It's 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 an LLP at the moment, and okay, we have a grant from uh, a partial grant from uh, the Independent and Public Spirited Media Foundation, which is based right. in Bangalore. Yeah, yeah. So they're funding us. Uh, they're part funding us, and um, yeah, we have a we have pretty senior journalists uh, in all of the states in South India, the five South Indian states. And, and you're planning uh, to make this into like a, a subscriber platform where people can, you know, chip in and, and they can go to the lead and, you know, give you money like they give us or you only yeah. work with... So, uh, yeah, we recently did open up for contributions and uh, and our readers who are quite limited as of now have been very, very kind in donating. Uh, but uh, going forward, yes, subscription is something that we're going to have to look at because... Like like you guys are doing, you know, it's 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 important to pay for the kind of work and effort that we all put into journalism, and we need to get paid for it. 
So come on, practice your pitch. You'll need it. <laughs> the lead dot com. What, what? Okay, all your news laundry listeners, go to the lead dot com. Is it dot com dot net dot org? Lead dot in. The lead dot in. That's T H E L E D E dot i n. And show your love to good journalism. So yeah, so that's what the lead. Okay, and uh, before we move into uh, you know the Tutikuran incident, I'm sorry about my Tamil pronunciation. You should say Thutukudi. Thutukudi. You're forgiven, so you know. I'm, yeah, I can I'm, say Tutikuran. Delhi, I have to pronounce Tamil properly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I say Tamil. I say Tamil, right? And whenever like my when my cousins got married, and even nieces and nephews get married, I I go and I get by with the you know you know Tamil theory, other Ingevapo, you know all that stuff I do. Otherwise, my mother would be too ashamed. But yeah, I I still get caught at my fakeness because I'm basically a Punjabi. But uh, uh, now uh, your book, yeah, I must recommend your book, Sandhya. Now that you're here, and I have just found out that you wrote that book. I did read this book, I think two years ago, if I'm not wrong. I don't know where yes, I was flying, right. and I was flying there and flying back, and it was a two-day trip, and I finished it, and it was. I mean, I've been following politics for a while, but it really gives you an insight into the path of politics that is taken even by people who you may dislike. But uh, tell me, how hard is it to remain remain dispassionate? I mean, I won't. You can't remain objective, but since you are writing about someone, and the more you study someone, the more you tend to be sympathetic to the person. Did you find that the way you looked at Karunanidhi was different from when you started writing to the time you finished writing? Did you become more sympathetic towards him, or was it hard to maintain that distance? I think uh, I, I did try to look at it dispassionately. So, and, and I was aware from the beginning that I would have to make a conscious effort to do that because you know you cannot get involved with that subject. Uh, having said that, it was also it is it was also useful that you know he was. uh he was on his deathbed so there was no you know there's nothing to be gained by uh, you know getting sympathetic towards karnanadi or you know otherwise hmm. but um i think i can i can very safely say that my admiration for some of the things that he has done the, the vision that he had for the state that has i think increased tremendously as well as a great deal of respect and uh, love for the language that he had you know with the language yeah the tamil cause that that's something even i wasn't aware of because you only see him as this corrupt man when you see the upa <laughs> yeah, but hmm. he wrote and spoke beautifully he, the language use was absolutely brilliant and i think uh, that's that's what i um, gained at the end of it of course we we've grown up in tamil nadu where you, you you know you can't be a reporter in tamil nadu without knowing about all of the corruption without all of the violence all of the murders everything that has happened in the past so you can't possibly like a person who has been behind it privy to it you know supported it in some fashion so the but said it's an interesting uh, study in uh, human beings and i think it would be interesting to study other than bapu i think who was a remarkable man beyond anyone else who's ever walked the earth from like like you said if you read about his early years It was amazing the kind of passion he had, the kind of price yeah. he was willing to pay yeah. for his for his uh, you know conviction. So yeah, guys, do check it out if it's available on Amazon. I don't know um, if it is, but if it is, do order it or go to. I think it's lying in our office, so you can pick it up here also. Now uh, let's get to a very disturbing piece of news that dominated the news cycle. I don't think it dominated for long enough. It had a very fleeting kind of. spark a flash in the pan and then we are back to where we were of the usual prime time nonsense the context setting most of you would be aware there was a father son who ran a electronics shop in tuttikudi and they were picked up by the cops and beaten up so badly that 
I mean, I don't want to get into the details of it because, you know, it can trigger disturbing thoughts. And then they finally died. And fortunately, it led to some sort of a pushback because otherwise deaths like this happen, they come and they go. And it has led to, if the latest is to be believed, and Sandhya can tell us, murder charges have been filed against six policemen. Is that correct? That's right. Um, so there was an F- FIR filed in uh, a station in Kovilpatti against the policemen. And uh, now it has been modified to include murder charges, Section 302 of the IPCC. And uh, overnight, they have arrested five out of six policemen who have been charged with murder. So you are writing in English, catering for the English-speaking audience of, uh, you know, the South Indian states who want to get news, which is dominated. The channels are dominated by Delhi News. So two specific questions, and you can tell us a little about what how the uh, you know tamil press has covered it and the tamil newspapers or tamil channels has it been remarkably different or are there any people defending the cops uh, saying that you can't question the cops and are you generally as someone who lives there disappointed with how it's been covered by what we call english and hindi media dailies whether it's you know broadcast or print I honestly um, don't think uh, there was any lack of uh, coverage, at least in the vernacular media and mm. also in the Chennai editions of the English papers. Okay. So we've not had this, of course, uh, we, it's difficult to expect, you know, the mainstream television channels, news channels to cover such a thing, but though they did eventually. And I think that was largely because of a very sort of horrific a horrific allegation that was made in the custodial torture, which you spoke about, about, you know, trigger warnings. Um, but that has not been proven yet. Whether that actually happened is, we don't know. Okay. Uh, but that is what caught the fancy of uh, the mainstream English news channels. Hmm. Whereas uh, the, Tamil, when I, the, the Tamil media covered it very well from the beginning. The failure, of course, has largely been that of the police as well as the, the state administration in not acting immediately as soon as uh, the custodial uh, violence and the subsequent death happened. Uh, so, so yeah, so no, no complaints as far as um, the reportage locally goes. But okay. yeah, I mean, the mainstream channels... It's nice to know. Really, That's good to know. Yeah, mainstream channels them. didn't actually get... I think Times Now is one of the channels that has still been sort of giving it a lot of prime time space. But mainstream news channels at least didn't really cover it in the way that they should have, considering how we covered George Floyd. Exactly, and there was George so Floyd much was yeah. I think wall coverage on some that. of some in some ways George Floyd was covered more by Delhi channels than than uh, what I wanted to know to... one thing though, Sandhya. These cops have a past record, right, of brutality? Yeah, that's right. They some of them have uh, two of them at least have FIRs already again, pending against them. One, the inspector has a dowry harassment case filed against them, and uh, the one of the SIs, the sub inspector is called Balakrishnan. He has. Uh, a bunch of uh, cases against him for uh, violence and brutality. So, my God, it's and uh, the whole the whole police claim that they were protesting and they were not complying. That's all been proved false because of the CCTV, CCTV right? I mean, there's there's conclusive proof now that these guys weren't really resisting the arrest. Or well, they wrote it up in the FIR as if they were resisting arrest, but there's the story from the beginning was not that they had resisted arrest. The problem was that uh, one of the policemen, uh, the constables had gone and given a sort of modified version of what uh, one of the victims, Jairaj, had said. He told the SI that uh, Jairaj had abused him. And uh, the SI got uh, upset about that and he came back the next day. 
to take Jairaj to the police station. So that was actually what happened. And uh, but the FIR had a completely different uh, set of information. So what is the present status of the police station? I think it has been taken over by yes, the judiciary. officials actually. It's uh, I think it's historic. It's first time in the history of India that a police station has been taken over by revenue officials. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's in limbo right now. There's there's a police station. It's under revenue department officials, and there are a few constables and a couple of sub inspectors who have been transferred there. But they report to the revenue administration officials. So it's very strange. You know, one has heard about police brutality in India for as long as I've been around. The ones who are especially notorious for how brutal they can be at least in my experience, have been UP, Punjab and Haryana. Now, one has not, at least if one were to go by general anecdotal conversation experiences, you know, one considers that Bombay cops are much more decent than Delhi cops. So, we used to hear that And we also experienced that. They were a lot more polite. One has not really heard of the Tamil police being, having a reputation like, say, Haryana police or the Punjab police or the UP police. Is that only because we only hear about a news cycle that is not biased? Or generally as police forces around the country go is tamil nadu police relatively more decent in their record or in inter- interaction with the civilian population than the ones i've mentioned or is it just a myth that we live with here uh, i think i would definitely say it's a myth and it's probably the tyranny of distance because uh, the custodial deaths i mean forget custodial deaths even police regular police brutality is it's it's very very high in not only in Tamil Nadu, Andhra Pradesh and Telangana has a horrific track record in terms of uh, police brutality. It's uh, and this has and in those two states, it's largely been because of the Naxal issue. And um, you know, there's been so many cases, like innumerable cases of innocent civilians being targeted by the police because they thought they were Naxals, and people being strung up and tortured and brutalized and. Uh, this stuff doesn't come out into the, uh, you know, it doesn't come out into the mainstream, the, the so-called national media, as we call it. Um, but but yeah, it's it's very much there and, and we're as bad or if not worse than our North Indian counterparts. Okay, l- let me help you out. Let's call it Delhi media because that's what I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's call it Delhi. It's, it's not national media, it's Delhi media. Anand, you want to come in uh, on, on this the Tamil Nadu case? Uh, why in your view... It got the kind of coverage it did even here in Delhi media. And would you say that it's an outlier or would you say this is normal anywhere in the country as far as the police is concerned? I think the case is not very complicated. It is not an outlier, obviously. The cases of torture or police brutality, what they essentially are their failure of order. Means uh, the... There is an order to be on guidelines to be followed after arrest and in, during the interrogation. So the supervision from the higher excellence of police leadership, if that slips, or if even the pressure is coming from that to crack a case within a stipulated hours or some ego, as in this case, then the Torture seems a personal duel between the, those arrested and the policemen integrating in, in, integrating the uh, detained persons. So 
it is basically that. There are Polish manuals from colonial times in the Imperial Police, which was the, which was the precursor to the Indian Police Service. That from Imperial Police, from colonial times to the Polish manuals of various states have very clear guidelines what you can do and what you cannot. Then there are various judgments. I remember in 1997, there was this famous judgment, D.K. Parshu versus uh, State of West Bengal, in which Supreme Court had clear guidelines about this, and uh, they got into the details of what you can do or not. Now, with all those uh, legal and granular details, the the bottom line is that if uh, there is suspension of that order, that, that, that kind of supervision from, say, uh, higher police leadership, say, IPS officers. And it is, I have repeated it a number of times, 86% police, uh, percent of Indian police is constituted of constabulary. And uh, the office here, the SI, SIU cannot count, uh, count among um, the constabulary. They are of uh, lower official rank. But uh, the, the kind of sensitization, the, there, there are many police, state police forces which have human rights departments and senior officers head that. And um, they, they, these are seen as punishment postings. And, and the job of these departments is to sensitize the rest of their force to human rights. Is that, is yes, that correct? Yes, yes. And, uh, and uh, carry training programs for the lower rung officers, constables, uh, for what to do, what to not do. So, and what uh, you're saying is this is pretty much a punishment posting. Nothing is ever done at this end. Yeah, it means IPS officers who are posted to head that are, uh, feel that it is a punishment posting and it's not a part of mainstream policing. Anyway, so what I'm saying is that, that it is not that the police leadership uh, has not taken these matters uh, the very fact that there was uh, uh, the thought of creating such uh, departments is that they were alive to it. But uh, uh, of course, the matter is about uh, the implementation of that order. Yes. Right. Um, you um, are from the state of Jammu and Kashmir, Mehraj, and I'm sure you no longer a state. No, no, from oh, the yes. Union You're from the Union of Territory of Kashmir. Okay. <laughs> now there, one has seen the iron fist of the police and I guess you are not as you know kind of kind to the military as I am I draw this distinction between the khaki and the olive green <laughs> you I don't think draw that distinction because for us it's all the same for you it's all the same so a way in on this you have seen this for a long time there but and correct me if I'm wrong I do feel and this I felt even when I've gone there the general banda on the street is not so scared of the cops there he will not think twice before pushing back. In Delhi, a student will think 10 times. He will and not think he won't do it because he knows that's... A, why are Kashmiris not that scared of the police as they are? Although you guys have also borne a brunt of it. And B, do you genuinely don't see any distinction between the military and the police and how they conduct their business? One reason is because the primary instrument of the state in... In Kashmir is the military, it's not the police. So even if you commit a like a petty crime, more likely you'll be hauled up to the nearest army camp and beaten up, like tortured or whatever. So the police is like secondary. And especially during the 90s when police, I mean, there was this incident in the early 90s when some policemen tried to rebel when the militancy started. So that was crushed and the weapons were taken away. All that was done and they were particularly kept away. Even when the last year this abrogation happened, mm. so there were reports about 
police being de-armed, unarmed, right? Yeah. And uh, the CRPF and military so majors So that's one of the causes that they're not so scared of the police too. The one is that, other is because, I mean, the most they can do is take you to the thana, beat you up. Army can do worse. They can just come to into your home and beat you there. Hmm. So that's one. And second is, I mean, when it's a matter of petty crimes, for example, you are a thief or you are something, there's nothing the police can do to you, lock you up for a bit. The army can do worse. So there the police doesn't beat you up the way they do, let's say, in UP or Tamil Nadu or Bihar. There they don't do that. They Why? do. Okay. They do. But I'm saying it's nothing compared to what you can get at the hands of the army. army. Okay. So that that's one. Another aspect is because this whole apparatus of the army, which is entirely consists of outsiders, so to say, and policemen, are they're still Kashmiris. So even when you are like caught, you are caught by the army, so you will go to, to the SP who is likely a Kashmiri and like they'll talk to the army and let you go. So there's that aspect also. So you have to live within that community. So there's the sense of that that bonding is there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And because it's a small place, so usually, I mean, there are cops from your own village, from your own community. Right. So that is also there. But I mean, the kind of abuses, the kind of torture police have also done is like unspeakable. So there's this, after this thing, the child's photo came, even before, there's this one senior police officer, I won't name, uh, he's now an SSP and he's like always preaching on social media how great we are doing and all that. I know for a fact a village two kilometers from mine, militants were trapped so they had made this hideout. We don't have basements in our home so they had dug up this basement kind of a room as a hmm. hideout. So and then the army found out everybody came so they were trying to sort of bring them out. There was a gunfight, nothing happened. So this guy, what he did is he brought the fire brigade, filled that room up with water and then ran electricity through it electrocuted them alive mm, i see okay beat up a cousin of mine so badly he couldn't get up from his bed for a month so they have done worse as well and i mean so corrupt you won't find out anyone more corrupt anywhere in the world so badly corrupt and this is the police this is the police right. even if they find like for example the so-called like some of the biggest terrorists hmm. Give them 10,000 10, rupees, they'll let them go. Right. That uh, I've heard about. I mean, there have been theories even in Mastgul set Rale Shrif on fire and fled. They were horribly, were horribly of, corrupt. So they they'll, they'll, take, they're saying, they'll take. I mean, no, that, that's that a, his is a different happened. case. He's more an asset than a. Yeah, exactly. Thing. There you don't know whether he's a double agent or not. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so these guys, they'll take people from their homes, lock them up, ask you to give you money, and they'll let them go. Otherwise, they'll like. Yeah, it's an extortion into this thing. Yeah. Fair, fair so enough. it's really bad. So you've covered the CBI so often. You know, Sandhya, I'll just come to you after this, um, you know, after Manisha and Raman Vain. The CBI chief is considered the top cop of the country. You've done mm -hmm. the whole Cage Parrot report, mm -hmm. one of the biggest investigations, at least in the last few years, on the police. What ails the police? It's not possible that they have no upright men. What? Why can't an upright man say that, no, this won't happen under my watch? Even the most decent people you hear, oh, this person is very decent, you know, commissioner ban gaya. Lekin decency ka kya wo achar dalte hai? What do they finally do? Has any cop truly pushed for accountability in their own, among their own. As Anand said, ki there are certain rules which are there uh, existing for since time immemorial. I mean, he's saying he's, he was quoting the Imperial Police and then the Indian Police. What I basically feel that they were never part of the police training. I mean, these days I, I have, you know, also covered the, uh, you know, recruitment of constabulary. So at that level, when I see people, the only thing that 
these all those who come for this they have no idealism they just want to get a job of a policeman and make money so this is the idea which drives them to join the police i'm talking of uh, you know the small level and then uh, i have also covered the police training camps so i mean they are never told or even if they are told it never gets internalized that there are certain human rights and they cannot touch anyone you know uh, so so all the, all these things are not happening and at the higher level i mean once you get into the police and then the on on the job training is not happening you know with these guys so they become low unto themselves that's what i feel and what what mehraj is telling because i was in kashmir in 2000 so i had personally i, I was going every 15 days for the meetings for the indian express so i i had seen this i mean i was an outsider so even uh, and i was circumspect also because the others were not so you know fearing the police and the military but i saw the military camping on the road and uh, so every time when you pass that naka you have to raise your hands you have to raise your hands all 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 uh, people walking on the road you have to raise your hands and then they just uh, uh, you know frisk you and then then they just let you pass so uh, i got beaten up one time because i refused to raise my hands whoa <laughs> i was going to my uh, even uh, i had raised my tuition. hands hmm. so the moment they call you you are walking on the road the moment they call hey so that means raise your hands Manisha, you have anything to add? No, yeah, I how, think you guys. Oh, you'll have some view that uh, my Uttarakhandi police is very nice and they come and give you laddus yeah, and barfi. Yeah, yeah. Uttarakhand me, I don't think police ne se kuch. But this isn't just <laughs> like a sleepy town, sleepy people. Like na? a police problem as such, it's a social problem because violence is sanctioned. I mean, this is not just this. We just ran a four-part series by Pratik about Chhattisgarh. Chhattisgarh, yeah. People who have been kept in jail for. Seven years, eight years without trial. Yeah. So that doesn't mean just the police's yeah. problem, the judges, the doctors. Yeah. In and this case, surprised? also the judge who judge. <laughs> just saw them and just yeah. did nothing. Yeah. You'd be surprised the, the sort of leeway also we're willing to give the forces, police or army when it comes to these issues. Like I know a lot of people who think that in the George Floyd case, you know, he had previous cases. He was a drug addict or he was peddling drugs or whatever. So he was no hero. So people. There's a lot of leeway that people allow, and they say that you know, okay, if you've done something, then it's uh, fine yeah, if yeah, you get. Yeah, this is like same thing now. Even when yeah. it comes to inappropriate behavior, sort of or even something as much as rape, they say, "Iska background check karo." Arey bhai, uske kya lena dena? Abhi yeah. kya hua? Iska baat karo na. And then this Tuti Koren case. I mean, imagine your life turned up the upside down like this for the family, and how harrowing for the family to know. One of the relatives so also so talks so about him being covered in blood and all, just for. Being outside beyond seven, yeah. I mean, I've done that. Mm. Yeah, Sandhya, do you imagine now, that the magistrate who had denied them bail and said that they should remain in judicial custody, he apparently has left Tuticorin. And uh, what what is the detail on that? And how um, optimistic are you? And generally, the people and journalists in Tamil Nadu that this will actually reach any logical conclusion? It's very difficult to say right now because. Um, uh, as i'll come back to your question about the magistrate in a bit but uh, when you're asking whether it will reach its logical conclusion or not it's very difficult to say we're going into elections next year and uh, you know the the state, state administration has to have the police on their side so any uh, any drastic action against the police is likely to you know go against the administration and um, so that uh, that is on one side and the other side there is a huge 
caste tension that has now been created as a re- as a result of this particular incident in in uh, the, the southern districts of Tamil Nadu. And these are areas where um, you know the the ruling party is not particularly strong at the moment. It's the so w- so what is what is the caste tension angle? What what is the caste angle that's been injected into this? So this is uh, this is the story I had reported on, which was basically how um, one of the SI the sub inspectors, his name is Raghu Ganesh. That man uh, was uh, he belonged to the Konar caste, which is a backward class uh, uh, community in Tamil Nadu, and uh, also and he had been um, sort of bringing together youngsters from who are members of the same caste in the areas and uh, trying to get them to you know uh, resort to violence against the dominant uh, caste, which is the Nadar caste, and Nadar is also BC. So we have two backward class communities which are fighting each other. Now, there's, there's a long um, history to this. There, in up until about say 2015, there were clashes between two dominant castes in these areas in the southern districts, which was uh, the Tevars and the Nadars, who are both uh, backward classes. But now we are seeing a sudden emergence of the Konar caste, which is also a BC caste. and the reason is that there has been caste tensions between all of these three castes since the mp elections because the bjp is patronizing the konar caste hmm. dmk is patronizing the nadar caste and the ai dmk is patronizing the tevar caste so they're all at each other's throats so trust this to become a bloody caste <laughs> and 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 about this magistrate what's the story now the magistrate really i think i personally believe that he there needs to be serious action uh, taken against him because he was meant to be the protector of the people you know who are who are at the who face uh, police brutality and he did not even bother looking into the vehicle where these two men were sitting bleeding and uh, he just remanded them to jail without even bothering to check whether you know they had been beaten up or whether you know they were even alive so we don't know what's going to happen to him but i'm i'm pretty sure the court since the court is monitoring uh, this investigation i'm pretty certain that action will be taken against this particular magistrate yeah he, i mean i mean it's possible he gets elevated to the supreme court but yeah can he sakte anything is possible yeah about that uh, certain upright sections among the police force don't feel the need for sensitization or spreading awareness among their colleagues i think uh, what i have observed is that with uh, passing of years in the uh, or uh, with certain kind of experience in the police force uh, the, even uh, the brightest of not uh, brightest or you can say the most efficient of them think and that is not entirely wrong that efficient policing is essentially tough policing now that the definition of that tough policing sometimes crosses the line means uh, crosses the line that it comes in contradiction with the manuals the human rights manuals the uh, observance of rules manuals in a police station also many officers say that the expectation from a police officer is of highest saintly conduct but it is not a saintly job so there is a basic contradiction between the saintly expectation and the kind of job it is now that is not to say that uh, 
I am just uh, talking from their psyche, they, what they uh, sometimes say. Uh, I mean, I have seen them saying this in casual conversations that uh, it's not a saintly job. Uh, the only expectations are of highest simply conduct. But also this equivalence of tough polishing with efficient polishing, tough polishing, of course, uh, in a kind of society that India is, it's very, with very low uh, rule, say, compliance society. So that, that might have a case. But uh, sometimes the limits of that tough polishing is pushed to the great, uh, say, you can say, to, to, to the great uh, destruction of uh, basic human rights claims. Yes. Also to add to Anand's point, I think one of the major problems with not just the police, the bureaucracy also is how it's structured. This whole business of IPS and IAS. So imagine you have somebody who's worked 20 years on the streets and there's this one person who comes, passes an exam, has absolutely zero experience and he comes and he becomes an officer. And this guy has to be loyal to him because he can screw up his career. Mm. And he has accountability to nobody else. And because this IAS officer gets this job, it's a lifetime job, he is accountable to nobody. He just has to, whatever, keep his political masters happy. Same with IAS. Any other country, everywhere else in the world, you rise through the ranks. Even in, say, for example, journalism. Imagine you have worked 20 years in journalism and there's this guy who has absolutely no idea of journalism and he comes and he becomes an editor overnight. Mm. So you can't, I mean... Even in a, any private company, anywhere, you can't Im imagine that happening. But it's happening here because because that's the way the British designed it for their own whatever no, uh, even benefits. Accountability fails at uh, you know NHRC levels, National Human Rights right. Commission. They have been issuing about hundred uh, you know uh, notices to the police for the atrocities and all. Hmm. And I know personally. I mean, even when NHRC does a serious job, and they find. Uh, you know, the authority, police authority, say Delhi police authority, to pay 5 lakh to the victim, you know. So even in those cases, these people, they fight it. They go to the court against the NHRC and they... So basically, they don't reach anywhere. Just two things before I move on. One, I don't think it is a job that has expectations of saintliness. I think it has an expectation of basic human behavior of decency, uh, which is a very low bar. In my view, if one can't even do that, then it's just... It's a public fair. service. I mean, yeah. And the second thing is, I'd like someone to ask the court, in some case related to this, that, you know, they said that this guy was preventing us from doing our duty, which means that he was rolling on the ground. That's why we beat him mm. up. Because then the, you know, defendant or the cop is saying that if I'm even not completely agreed with or, or, or cooperated with, it is an offense that you're not allowing me to do your duty, therefore I can beat you up. If I want to ask a judge that if I am being beaten up by a cop, can I beat him back? Because like I gave the example of back when I was young, Tiger Hasa and Samir Thapar bashed the fuck out of 20 cops. He was Samir Thapar, so he could do that. But there are enough people in this country who have enough people with them that in case they are being bashed up in a police station with 20 cops inside, they can get 80 people to bash up those 20 cops. When is that okay? Do you have to die and then say, oh, look, they were beating me to death. Or can you 50% before death say, okay, I, I need to fight back. When does a court say, yes, you can beat him back? I, I'm just wondering, is there any, 
like you can say na you can plead self defense can you bash up a cop in self defense so that's the no. thing so a cop the state it's supposed to be a neutral arbiter so if you you and i have a disagreement i can like if you are committing violence i can do self defense but this cop this system is supposed to be a neutral arbiter between you and me hmm. they'll judge whether it i was right in my self defense or you committing violence hmm. but when this whole system this neutral arbiter becomes the oppressor then what do you do then who decides when is self defense i mean if if you can be bashed up for rolling on the ground supposedly or not complying no i think when, self, when are you okay to then because you defense will against the police will become anarchy i think that is rebellion that lies. is somewhere else the problem no, but, lies uh, but, into but, the training but, but a judge will have to answer that now if someone to ask a judge at what point can you you have your right, a right to your life if someone is beating you up and you feel that you could get killed at what point is it okay to hit back i mean some judge is going to have to answer that question you can't say that no, no. If, if the police have tied him up in a police station so how can he no, no. in there is a spontaneity in every action i mean like you said about thapar in that case it happened but in this particular case i think if you are inside the police station inside the thana well, yeah, i mean so there's enough proof here to prove that the police went out of line no in the I mean, in so up when was it when uh, one of mulayam's dudes was taken to the police station the bloody police station was surrounded here yeah, by 100 people so that's so, thing so then the police did back off no yep. what what made the police back off But that if they don't back off, they'll get beaten up. But then you're challenging the writ of the state. Mm. Then you're challenging that this state is illegitimate. But at what point? At at some point, you have to be able to say no. Yeah, you can't beat me. Yeah, everybody decides that. I mean, for Kashmir, it's so, been so happening therefore, for thirty years. So therefore, a judge will have to answer that question if asked. A I don't think a judge can do that because he's part of the same system. So yeah, it's for the people to decide. Case, and people yeah. decide. For example, in Kashmir, they don't accept the writ of the state. That's why they're and picking up guns. Face all, face all. And they face the consequences also, obviously. <laughs> right. um so i'd like to move to um, you know the other story which is actually from kashmir about this little boy whose photograph you know was posted everywhere so i'll let manisha take the lead on that and just tell us and then i'll get like to get the panel's views on that because there is a journalistic angle of editorially do you use a picture like that or not but before that i have two mails this mail is by prakash ayer i'm writing my second mail the same week because of this tweet from a former nl journalist and he has shared sharjil usmani's tweet and the tweet says i am proud of sharukh bhai he fought for the community when the entire state machinery and hindutva army was involved in killing and looting our community he is a hero and he's got the picture of that sharukh guy who was during the north delhi riots north east delhi riots so um then prakash goes on to say in case the tweet gets deleted what he said about sharukh the guy who pointed a gun at police during the ca protests and he's quoted the tweet This tweet was brought to my notice by one of my friends who considers news laundry loony left. I have disagreed with him every time but I was wondering what would NL do in such a case if it was by a currently employed journalist put out a statement of fire or just ignore because the tweet itself is not inciting violence nor bigoted but really in bad taste by supporting a violent protester would like to know the thoughts of the hafta panel. Well I can tell you um a he prakash for you probably know he is not an employee he is a Uh, he wrote two pieces i think for news no, on more than two pieces but his last piece was in 2018 as a campus correspondent so we have something called campus politics that you may have seen campus politics has uh, pieces from uh, you know college students and kids who are in different universities or different colleges and they write a piece for us about their college or whatever is happening so we have you know scores if not maybe over 100 such pieces of campus politics that have been written by students hmm. so he was a student in what do you when he wrote uh, those Aligar pieces amu So he wrote from campus politics from AMU. Uh, no, he was not a full-time employee or has ever been. He is like many of the contributors to campus politics. 
so that is that as far as if he were an employee he's not so i really don't you know see what what i i could comment on that but if there was a problem with a tweet that i personally found very um, problematic or offensive or uh, kind of condoning uh, acts that would be clearly i'd say against basic human decency i would probably request the guy to pull it down and it would impact that person's future here but what that would be where that would be you know it really depends on the particular context uh, the rest of the panel can give their view i think if view. the same tweet had been written by a journalist they would i would definitely tell them to pull it down because i think it's an irresponsible statement and i think as journalists we have to be a little careful about our utterances and what we are saying what we are condoning it whether we like it or not it holds a little more weight than the average tweeter so you know someone who's been arrested in the police who's been you know caught with a gun pointing a gun at the police it's i wouldn't expect a journalist from news laundry to say he's a hero it's definitely not correct and we would have asked them to pull it down and yeah we would have given warnings i think i would do that at news laundry we don't make uh, you know heroes out of such people and uh, in this particular case as you said this is absolutely yeah but there's no crap. rule like we don't have a rule ki tumne ye bol but tweet to tweet we'd see uh, where it would fit in and in this but case i'm losing it's an irresponsible uh, and he's not make. part of us at all and in campus politics they are the contributors at the best these things what you do about is i mean depends on case to case basis yeah, yeah, yeah. what is There's in the no, tweet yeah. what's the context in it i eight think that most people who would join news laundry would be of a certain kind of caliber to know what is acceptable what is not but yeah i mean on something like this yes i i would say action would be taken you have a view on this sandhya um they would be warned initially and if it continued then they would not be writing for us any longer i see okay and i have one more quick email after that we'll go to you know manisha can just tell us about the context of the kashmir case uh, this is a feedback from sagar hi team news laundry this is sagar i've been following you people for the past 4 months as of now as a subscriber very happy to be a part of the organization which i can truly say represents my aspirations as a news consumer thank you sagar for contributing and thank you the thousands of others who contribute to keep us afloat and alive i really appreciate it i want to thank you so much for giving me the student subscription being a student truly sucks in this corona lockdown period as all the money sources are dried up and being locked up in home along with family isn't the best thing nl has become my savior every day i wake up with visiting news laundry i wait for the weekend to come up so i can get nuisance and hafta tipni is also a great initiative all of you are my favorite although i want to point out that raman sir should be given more time as he is the most experienced yes manisha mehraj abhinandan anand you all rock coming about to one of two suggestions i want my father to be involved with news laundry as much as i am but at the end of the day he is the same average person who watches the tv news because of it's a range of topics covered oh no though i get it that there is a resource constraint but i do think that daily podcast in hindi on the line of daily dose should be encouraged ah. you're right sagar in fact we have discussed it and hopefully um that no i'll discuss with um with, with atul we should probably have it by maybe august we've discussed it sagar we are on we are on that so manisha now the second issue in kashmir what happened and how was it it was on all the channels last night it was on all the channels so in sopor basically there was a gun battle between militants and crpf uh, and a crpf jawan has died in it and there was a civilian um who also died in it uh, there are different versions on how he died uh, his family has accused the forces and while the forces have said that he died in the cross firing uh that happened between the militants and the forces uh there was a picture of this gentleman on the road bloodied uh, lying and he was accompanied by his grandchild so the grandchild there was a one picture where the grandchild is on top of the body 
possibly trying to wake him up and that picture was leaked out to the media so it's interesting because that picture was not taken by a media person it's obviously someone in the forces who took that image so that was leaked out it was immediately sambit patra jumped in and said oh look this should win the pulitzer and it was also used by the right immediately to sort of say that look the face of terror and this is what it does and then subsequently all media organizations used it uh, without blurring the face and without i think to me also uh, it should have been made clear what the source of the image was because there's a difference between when a photojournalist clicks a picture versus when you know someone from the forces clicks a picture so that's the brief controversy around it and last night there were debates about sambit patra how can be so inhuman that you just tweeted that picture saying what pulitzer lovers pulitzer something. lovers that's it yeah. that's what the tweet said and then i think it became prime time debating yeah. issue with people weighing in and then articles have run but i didn't see that picture in any uh, in any uh, newspaper today there's yeah. a picture of that toddler the indian express yeah. had a very good picture yeah of just uh, of, uh, walking towards yeah. the yeah, walking towards the uh, army person so, so i think yeah mm. that's a picture to be that used that was a, a picture taken from the back that doesn't yeah. show his face ah. yeah. but so, i think the picture of the boy on the father should be used why not i don't know i don't have a strict position on should be used or should not be used but i'd say that what the image does is just uh strip someone in their last moments of dignity i don't think it even adequately captures what terror has done to people in kashmir it's just kind of a very voyeuristic sort of an image to show you know this man lying in this position bloodied with a child on top to me is this jarring i don't think it conveys anything other than just dehumanizing the people in the picture and i don't know if the family would have wanted that picture uh, there's a lot of issue of who clicked the picture also i mean we the police has given us the picture and there's a conflicting version of the family saying that it is the crpf that killed him so this is such a murky story that to use a picture from a source that's part of the story without a disclaimer to me is a bit jarring no i feel that pictures is not doesn't have to do so much with the you know the people in that picture but but once it gets published i think the society i mean it shocks picture yeah, speaks yeah. a lot maybe the so i i did not find anything wrong i mean may, maybe i have six seven pictures in front of me but the picture which has appeared in the indian express is the best is beautiful yeah, yeah that picture it is tells so good. much right. about that and 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 you need to shock the society i mean you need a, a reader so i think picture should be published but that picture is different from the picture we are talking about it's not the, the same picture I, as the person this, lying this on the toddler in front of a toddler i had i had also seen ndtv hmm. they had shown the entire uh, you know video footage hmm. of this and they had put one uh, that black uh, you yeah, know to conceal the identity to conceal the identity of the child I didn't find anything wrong. Maybe the problem is in how it was used. Okay, um, I mean, so I'll just quote Sambit Patra's uh -huh. tweet, which is, Rajdeep says his reporter says that CRPF pulled out and killed the civilian. He would love to believe the army, but dot, dot, dot. Hmm. I said, I don't have to listen to reporters. I close my eyes and believe my army. That's the difference between you and me, Rajdeep Shubhratri. It's not even the army. It's the CRPF. Right? Exactly. It's the CRPF. Matlab so <laughs> Sambit Patra is not particularly He's bright. He doesn't even know the difference between army and CRPF. So now, A, I mean, that, that's dumb to close your eyes and believe the army. Even I wouldn't do that, even though I'm so sympathetic towards them. Uh, but Anand, what is your view on the picture and its usage? I think it's an unnecessary controversy and it... Uh, the sense of shock is largely because of its uh, political appropriation because such pictures if you see in regional press say say two people along with their cattle mowed down by a train and the picture appears in the newspapers with say the flesh all over the railway track 
and what do you make out of it so is the person being denied dignity in death or it is the shock value of the newspaper or say is it was a few i think two months back in maharashtra the migrant workers who there was a controversy whether they should have been shown like that on a railway track or something like that anyway so the use of pictures to evoke a sense of horror only becomes controversial when it's a political scoring point otherwise if you scan regional press the pictures of random accident macabre pictures very uh, say ghastly pictures they are all over all over just 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 have a daily check on regional press in fact just as a segue i think uh, early this week there was this viral image of a lady in hyderabad or i think it was hyderabad where uh, she'd asked someone to put on a mask and that that guy you know started beating her really badly and i think she was differently able so the, the yeah, viral video okay nello and that uh, video was just being played on all channels in abp like a viral video so the segment is viral video you show this picture of this man brutally thrashing a woman and soon after that video there's a viral image of monkeys doing some shit on some roof so i, I mean it's such a such a jarring thing to have So yeah I mean I agree that yeah this sort of imagery and videos so are kind of So this debate about whether you should not sanitize violent graphic images or you should I mean this is an old debate one side people say you shouldn't sanitize it because people need to see what's happening otherwise they don't recognize exactly what is happening other side is no you don't need to see because it dehumanizes people so I think both arguments are valid and you have to apply this in what is the context for example in kashmir's case you have an entire media machinery the entire security and state establishment trying to hide what's ex- actually happening so having these images out kind of tells you that this is the reality but in this particular case while i mean i tend to sort of be on the side where it says it shouldn't be sanitized this kids picture using it in that manner as as a propaganda tool that's just like aberrant and this yeah, whole text this whole idea of okay you can close your army and eyes and believe the army i mean that's so stupid i was very small i think 7 uh, 8 years old so there was this uh, militant from our village who had become a militant he was caught he was chained to the back of an uh, army jeep and dragged through the village then he was taken to the jail or army camp and i think i remember a couple of years later so sopur by the way is my uh, like nearest town from my village so back then uh, the bridges on the river that separates us from sopur had been burned down so we had to walk to the river that's like 5 6 kilometers and then take a tanga or the horse cart on the other side and i was going to sopur with my mother and this guy had been released and he was going to sopur as well and we caught up with him on the way and so he was going to the doctor and he lifted his shirt showed us his back there was not a centimeter of his skin that was not injured badly injured and he was going to doctor to see it as soon as he was healed he went back to pakistan became a militant again then he was killed in an encounter like that lasted for over two days so this whole i remember another person who was shot dead in this very place this uh, this place is called mall town where this person was killed i have a friend my classmate very good friend who lives there he watched from his window the army men they had caught up a, an elderly person they bashed his head against an electric pole until he died 
right there and he watched the entire thing so this whole bullshit about i believe whatever they say yeah i mean come on even so an army person would not so um, uh, uh, sandhya what what is your basic principle about using a picture i mean what is your view a on using the picture and the reportage around it basically about using the child's coat which has also been done in a report that why why uh, has done a report saying that um, you know the child says that the crpf killed just weigh in on this entire controversy um uh, it's um, well when i when i saw the picture i mean as part of the whole controversy around it i immediately thought back to the the picture of that child lying on the you know sitting in the on on the beach um in syria i mean this, there were syrian refugees right yeah. that very famous picture and i was and that that's that's what this picture reminded me of and as anand was saying you know um it's a very powerful picture and i i would probably have used it despite the the arguments against using such a picture um but uh, yeah this whole crpf thing i mean uh, this is this is not new it's it's a ridiculous nationalistic jingoistic rubbish that happens every single day on you know on um, you know delhi media channels and uh, frankly i don't even watch them any longer they're so boring and you know stupid <laughs> to be frank and uh, and yeah it's it's a completely pointless debate if the crpf and crpf is you know it's not like a babe in the woods they are as capable of shooting civilians down as anybody else so let's not you know pretend they're angels of mercy or whatever you want to call so i i think one thing what anand said is that a i think the controversy is when it's used f- with a you know a picture being used generally to report is not a big deal it is when it becomes a propaganda, propaganda tool that the controversy really starts so yeah a, i mean i i did respond to sambit patra's tweet arthur does i mean this whole thing that where are you when this is happening i mean clearly your first response is not oh shit how sad you can tell the first, and a lot of people use twitter as a reflex action so the first brain fart that comes into your head they just vomit it out in words and put it out on twitter this was one of that and that actually tells you a lot about the person that this is how the person thinks the first thing that came to your mind was oh shit how sad it was oh shit how wonderful let me show someone else down by using this picture so it it displays that so that's as far as the usage of this picture on by patra's concern i'm on the bench on picture usage actually i really i i think it's really a case by case both sides are like valid arguments on both I, sides i remember was there the time magazine in syria those children who were gassed by they said by russia it was this soft focus i mean they were almost like angels lying there you remember that doma was, yeah gas attack yeah it was a gas it was a time magazine cover picture right i don't remember it was widely published yeah though. it was mm. it was published everywhere and that picture you know led to this whole debate that oh so the west is publishing it and i don't know whether it was treated i i, I don't know if it was a time magazine i'll have to check so there was a controversy later on which said that these were just actors that just staged that scene yes, the rebels to show that russia is doing this and, and all and and, the, and of course then it had no it hadn't staged then the second level was that okay these are real kids but it had such a that angelic like cpr tone that it had been treated to give it this it was almost like a painting mm. it yeah. was now that also that you know can you use kids pictures like this because if it were us kids piled up like that they would not have shown american bodies like that so i mean i like i said i i, I don't think one can have a definitive view on this it's It'd a be, case to case basis i mean you can't have a and and i but i also agree that one has to sometimes shock society uh, like sandhya said that what got delhi media interested was not that the police had done something so horrible but it was a certain 
aspect of the violence that was especially disgusting, which said, oh shit, it's that. So therefore we, you know, but the only downside is that when I was young, I was encouraged to read the newspaper and I used to encourage, you know, kids at home to read the newspaper. Now I, you know, only get them to read the sports page. I don't want them to read any other page. Now that is a downside. I don't want... Like, we started reading the paper when we were 10, 11 years old because, A, there was nothing else to read. There was no internet. <laughs> so, paper, padho, ya, phir, get bored in the very afternoon. But today, would you get a 10-year-old child to read a paper? Not only because of the picture, but also because of the description of many of the things that happen. Violence. So, you know. That, again, I mean, that's also like case-to-case base. If you are, say, in Delhi, you have a more secure family environment, your kids are, I mean, you are that privileged that you can prevent them. For example, for this kid or his family. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't have matter. to read it. He, he just he lived, lived it. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, it's also a reflection that uh, this is a time where the eye, eye has become the central sense in news communication. It is a visual age. So the temptation to use any kind of picture is greater than any, at any time in the history of journalism. Do you have anything to add to that, Sandhya? Nothing. I just wish uh, Rahul Shiv Shankar would not get outraged about the Dabans being accused of you know, possibly shooting the child's father. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this whole thing that how dare you accuse anyone of anything. Really. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the state should, uh, it's a simple inquiry they can figure out if they want to. At if least to put a rest to, to allegations on themselves. It's a f- like it. few days you can figure out whose yeah. bullet it was. Who yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Extract but, the bullet and find out which, it. which gun it but came it out. But it never happens. You should I mean, do you it can for be, your own self. I mean, one there thing are you can be sure of is that's never going to happen. Kashmir, in Kashmir, there's the this... And cross-firing, it's possible, yeah. If it was indeed a cross-firing, yeah. it's possible that it could have been anyone's bullet. In Kashmir, there's this phrase that got a lot of currency through the 90s and now, Namalum Bunduk Bardar. It's become sort of a curse. Unidentified gunmen. People are killed, unidentified gunmen. Who? Nobody mm. knows. Mm. Okay, I have a couple of announcements and a mail before we move on to the Prime Minister's speech and what he announced. And I'd like to get the panel's views on that. Uh, well, the announcements are, one is uh, many of our young students who write to us saying that you can't afford a subscription but yet want access to paywall content. It's not fair that you don't get access. So we started a program by which those of you who do have well-paying jobs can sponsor and gift a subscription to some students. So we have... A bunch, in fact, on a, on monthly average, we get about 15,000, 20,000 rupees worth of such gift subscriptions. So you can gift a subscription to write to us at contact at newslaundry.com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry.com and tell us how much of a subscription you could gift to students who can't afford, who are not earning yet. Thank you for those of you who are sending gift subscriptions. And if you're a student and you want subscription, uh, you can just check out our social media every day. That link is tweeted. You just have to put your name your college and your ID card. And um, we just carry out a very basic level due diligence that it is not some 45-year-old uncle like me who's trying to slime his way into the gift subscription. And you will get your gift subscription. So do contribute to the gift subscriptions. Secondly, we have an NLC in a project that we would like to commission as soon as possible, which is the long wait for homes as opposed to other NLC in a projects that, that get topped up very quickly. This one is taking a while. Probably because many of our subscribers and listeners have homes and aren't waiting for theirs. And this report is about almost 9 lakh housing units that are under construction in Mumbai and about 4.5 lakh in Delhi that are in limbo after you know this whole COVID lockdown and when are those people going to get their homes. It is a story that has an economic angle on real estate and economics angle and of course a human angle of people who have given their life savings and where do they go now. So I would urge you to share this 
NLSENA link. If you go to our website, newslearning.com, click on subscription and you see the NLSENA story, share it with others. A few of you have already contributed towards this story, but please, if you can get a bunch more, we can start this story as soon as possible. And as always, when I say subscribe and pay to keep news free, it's because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. Do check out newslearning.com. And now I have an email. Hi all, I'd like to keep my name anonymous. Well, you've written your name, but yes, you have said that I should not read it out. That's fine. I'm a long-time follower, but a not-so-long-term subscriber. I started following you because of the association and Badu and became a fan of Hafta. And uh, as always, you mentioned, it was an exercise in letting the listeners know of your biases. My father is a librarian and I had the privilege of reading six to seven Hindi newspapers every day in childhood. We always used to discuss how NBT, that's Navhara Times, had a slightly different take on the same headline to DB, which I'm guessing is Dainik Bhaskar, due to their ideological bends. How editorials of different papers choose different stances or ignore certain topics following news laundry has educated me about journalistic rigor and how editorial biases or journalists' views often color the views of its readers and viewers, which I often used to ignore earlier. So thank you for that. At the same time, now I feel after six years of Hafta, it has become somewhat repetitive because each issue I can pretty much anticipate what your positions are. Unless you get credible alternative views on the subject, in the, the Hafta views range from the left of center Manisha, left Mehraj to rants by Abhinandan without any deep insight. It's still informative, but there is no invigorating discussion or counterpoints thrown on subjects by anyone. Anand is your sole source of right of center view, is too polite to counter, and moreover, his views are too nuanced for even right-wingers to understand. Since you mentioned it, by the way, Anand does not consider himself right, my wonderful friend, but just I'm he not does. naming you. He considers himself conservative. Yeah, but right? not right. Anand, you don't consider him right. You say conservative, conservative values, but right. you've never identified yourself as right, to the best of my knowledge, unless I'm wrong. Anand? No, no, I am too poor to have any ideology. <laughs> So, uh, uh, and uh, I, I, I just consider myself as a hack who is making a living and let me make a living. Okay. So clearly you are, you are like, you know, Leila Majnu who can only think of I There are lots of people a lot more garib than you who have ideology, by the way, <laughs> just letting you know. And as a subscriber, I'd like to know more about the work journalists do, how they do it and just don't want to listen to what wrong media is doing. So lastly, I'm not on your Europe subscriber group. Could you please add me? So uh, just make a note of this wonderful our producer, Aditya, will make a note of it. Just send us your email ID from which you have subscribed, your subscription email ID. Maybe you haven't been added. You have to send us your WhatsApp number. If you could send that, we'll add you to the Europe group. Uh, by the way, we have a group uh, in every continent uh, and in some cases country, in Delhi, in states, uh, in, uh, yeah, in states and cities. So if you want to be added to those groups, do write in to contact at News Laundry and tell us which city you are in and if you're a subscriber. But we look at that group every two months and people who are no longer subscribers are removed. So we don't want to be rude or anything, but that's just the rule because these groups are only for subscribers. Uh, so yeah, um, we will add you. Uh, but that is why, uh, my young anonymous friend, uh, we uh, have wonderful people like Sandhya, so we don't hear the same boring four of us with the same boring shit. Uh, so that's why we have people like Sandhya who can give some new information. And Sandhya has to run now. So Sandhya, if you could just quickly weigh in on what you made of the Prime Minister's address and uh, give us a recommendation before you go. The only point that I really liked about the Prime Minister's address and which I thought was really important was the reiteration that we all need to wear masks and you know follow social distancing and so on. The rest of it is just blah. So... <laughs> 
I have nothing to say about it. There was nothing. I don't know whether you saw this uh, interview of Sunetra Chaudhary with this scientist from the Oxford lab, which is closest. I think they're in stage three trials of the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and she said that um, you know you don't have to be any more afraid of corona as you are of the flu if you're young and fit. I was like, huh? Yeah, but why you make up your mind? <laughs> she said. She said even after we come up with a vaccine, I don't think. most of you would need to take the vaccine it's just the old a lot of doctors are saying that i mean as long as um, you you you're relatively young within within your 40s and you don't have uh, diabetes or hypertension or you know you're not obese i think you're you might even have the virus and not know it and be perfectly all right so but uh, wasn't that uh, he was from uh, kerala that reporter he was 35 who died yeah right? but he may have had some probably had diabetes or hypertension or something Okay. Okay. You were saying, uh, Manisha. No, sorry. I said a lot of doctors did say that, and the only uh, threat that young people with the virus can pose is give it to old people. So right. that's exactly. why you're supposed to be that's protecting yourself. Okay. So your recommendation before you say goodbye, Sandhya. My recommendation. Um, I'm watching a I'm watching a brilliant Israeli series on Netflix called Hostages. Watch it. It's super time pass. Is it based on some real life Israeli intervention? No, no, no. It's... it's just full on guns and. You know, is it like for the stuff? Okay. So veg out, you know, no brainer. It's great fun. Is it like for the? Do you have you oh, seen for the? Yeah, actually, sort of like for the. Okay, then I'll watch it because I like for <laughs> the quite a bit. Okay, so thanks um, for having me, guys. Yeah, Sandhya. So let me see if if we have kind of worked on your, you know, appealing to people. I usually call them. I've been very polite. Usually, I say Mufat Khors because you know we have a free version of Hafta, uh-huh. so all the people listen to it for free. I call them Mufat Khors. That you are just mooching, pocket me. <laughs> those of you who are earning, and everything costs money from the mics we hold to these wonderful, you know, experienced colleagues of mine who have to be paid. I sometimes mm-hmm. try to not pay them, but then I feel guilty. But I have tried to often not say, "Oh, oh, check is in the mail." Sorry, bhool gaye. But but you you got to appeal. You got to guilt people into giving for journalism. Yeah, come on, g- make an appeal I for the lead. Dot in. So, so what's your appeal to the people listening to this? My appeal to the people is to donate to www.thelede.in so that we can sustain our um, on-ground, in-depth, researched journalism during this COVID crisis. Yes, pay to keep news free, support the lead. Okay, Sandhya, have a great day. Take care. Thanks, Thank you for thanks, your work and your so reportage. Much. All right, bye. So, um, yes, Anand, why don't you come in first with your Prime Minister's address and what did you make of it? And was were you expecting something on China or did you pretty much you were sure that nothing controversial is going to come now? No, I didn't expect anything from China. I think there was a long hiatus before he had, uh, apart from that monkey bath, which is uh, out and out an audio program. So he didn't have any poly- uh, kind of communication on this. covid lockdown or the unlock so for for last uh, three four times it was all through documents press notice so he was missing out of the scene and for the kind of leadership he has branded himself on in such times a long time of long spell of visual absence is not his game so for this uh, Say lockdown. What is what is unlocked two or something? He made an uh, made an appearance, and uh, also the precautionary measures, mask, this, that, that. 
So this, uh, the kind of political capital he carries with a significant section of the pop Indian population, he tried to deploy it for the kind of damage control that India needs at this point. The mortality rate is low, but number of cases are going high. Are going higher. It means a mortality rate in big states, if it's low, the expectation is that it will not cross the roof. Now, among the biggest states, I think Bihar is the third third state with the least mortality rate and highest third highest recovery rate with seventy seven percent. Uh, means, for example, in a city like Patna, which is tied to city, there have only been four deaths till now. So it's quite high, but uh, recovery rate. But I think uh, the damage control, deploying his political capital, making that political communication, not going out of the visual scene for long, these were the objectives that he tried to achieve. I don't think... I missed the Prime Minister during COVID. I think every second day he was on the Zoom and he was giving his, uh, you know, lectures. I have, in fact, whenever I'm traveling in the car, I'm listening to the radio. So FM Gold mostly was coming out with his speech. I think it was more of a political communication, which he has been doing it uh, even during COVID time. Political communication, he just wanted to score over the point that we are going to distribute free food grains, you know, for the next five months. And uh, I just read, I think I read somewhere today that it was inevitable because our FCI is overflowing with, you know, yeah. the food grains. They yeah. have 75 lakh ton food grain right now. And with the new food grain coming in, they are going to have 95, 95 million tons. There's no way to store. There, so rotting. there's no way to store. So they have to, they have to give it away. And of course, uh, the cost is right. It is going to be about 17,000 crore of, uh, you know, food grain to be distributed. So so that is it. I think it was, he wanted to score over this point and he was there. So I, I didn't miss him during COVID. I think he was very vocal. It's, a, it's actually a very good, I mean, for once, it's a very good initiative. But I think the mm. one thing they missed is it should be universalized because right now still have a lot of exclusions because of Aadhaar, ration cards you have and a stuff and card all for that. This, hmm? No, so, but he, I think he's initiating that one ration card, one nation. Yeah, but until that happens, very, very until that happens, for now, it should be universalized. I mean, because there is grain. I mean, instead of letting it rot, just distribute no, but it But I people. think when he's saying 80 crore people, so 62%. No, sorry, I don't understand. In the sense that you're saying right now, if the certain people will not get it? Because there are a lot of exclusions to obtain that grain, even for free, you have to go to the center, do your Aadhaar okay, thing so in and case all you that. you don't have some identification, you're saying that you should be able to get it by any kind of identity. You'd but whatever universalize. the ID is, I mean, if you universalize it, you don't even need the identity, right? Got it. Okay. So Got you it. give but it to whatever everybody. Whatever the ID is, the government is identifying 80 crores people that's what they're saying but ah. in actuality i mean when there has been a lot of reporting there was a video now of that woman who was dragging yeah, her mother exactly. on a bed that was for a bank or this thing so pension Priya's story in the scroll was this that how people in that varanasi village were unable to access it because of lack of ration cards Especially some of them are migrant laborers they don't have jharkhand and elsewhere i mean a lot of people because they've been doing a lot of manual labor their fingerprints no longer work so there's a lot of this thing mm. 
exclusion because of that and because these are poor people nobody listens to them good initiative though i mean yeah but, but i mean yeah should have been i hope the distribution is not leaky and i hope it i mean that's hoping for a lot pds for like all its faults is a really really robust system but when they introduced this aadhar and everything it became a little complicated but it's a really good system okay, i mean i mean seen seen this grain being taken on like mules in the like the far mountains of kashmir to ration gods there so it's a really robust system but this i mean it should be universalized that is actually pds needs another combination with it to really be that effective is the right to information in fact the entire rti movement was born out of it was necessitated because of the pds system in parts of rajasthan the ration ki dukan wale would say suppose you know abhinandan sekri is unpar so unpar you know wahan kuch bhi sign kara liya that i have given you 10 kilos of rice and chawal and go so I am showing that I have bought it, but I have just sold it into the black market. Yeah. So then they said, no, we have RTI. Who has given it? Here, on the panchayat wall, write that Maharaj has given it 10 kilos. So even if I am unpaid and I am passing the, you know, that that main panchayat hall or in the village, you know, Maharaj can say, oh, so you have taken this month's ration. I say, no, I haven't. They say, but your name is up there. That is how RTI actually became this movement on the ground there. It was the failure of the PDS system to be transparent. so the pda system requires transparency otherwise the the you know the roti kapoor or makan type films are all about the pda system being you know leaked mm-hmm. into the black market but when you don't want transparency to go with governance then no matter how good your intentions yes the last mile delivery is screwed yeah and, and like today there is a report that migrants were supposed to give this uh, you know the food grain so only 13 the government report 13% of the migrants could get it Mm. So there is a report today, and it's like I mean there are easy fixes to this. I remember like uh, some years ago they introduced this ration card, which is essentially a book kind of a thing, small booklet kind of a thing. So when you get your for your months this thing, it's like a, so they write on it, and then there's a receipt they tear off. Mm. So I mean, I mean they can as long as this is there, you haven't gotten your stuff. Correct. Nobody can write whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, take the receipt out. So yeah. So what did you think of his address, Manisha? I noticed his beard and mustache. None of you spoke about. I was about to talk about that. I think he's looking a lot he's more looking, killer. Like he's looking very nice. He's looking yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Whoever is grooming him is doing a very good job. Because now he's trimmed, isn't he? 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 Because now he's इंटरव्यू big news is amit shah after saying let's not politicize covid care and you know arvind kejriwal bending over backwards and saying go oh, amit bhai and i will work together okay didn't say amit bhai he might as well have basically hugged him and said you know let, honorable home uh, minister so, to bolte so, hain wo <laughs> but matlab we are working together wo interview interview bol diya ki ha when this happened the panic spread because of manisha ah. dodia then, then i stepped in 
Like, dude, all the hospitals under the BJP had not stepped in. Avi Bada Hindura Hospital apparently now is taking COVID people in, but even there, there's some controversy ah. that the doctors are saying no. They, they're not paid for uh, for many months. So I mean, uh, MCD just, it comes under MCD. Yeah. So also the PMKs, the PPE and all, and yeah, that the they've PMK been supplying. There've been a lot of issues with those ventilators. Ventilators. Yeah, they're substandard like. apparently. And yeah, but but the uh, headlines are dominated by. Uh, ah, the, that political statement. It was statement. Smita Prakash, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Smita. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of this Priyanka Vadra? I was about to say Manisha. <laughs> Priyanka Vadra not being being told to vacate her bungalow and she's saying I'm going to shift to Lucknow. A. Why does she have that bungalow in the first place? Why does she have the bungalow? B. Why? Would it would it be? Uh, yes, sir. You come in, but would it wouldn't it have been smarter of her that when SPG was withdrawn, it's a question of the next step that the bungalow will also go. It had been better for her, even politically, to say that okay, I'm moving out. This bungalow was allotted to her when. She was given SPG. At mm. that time, she had said that she doesn't need it. Mm. She wants to go to her house in Sanic form or something. Mm. But the government insisted that if there is an SPG cover, you have to take this bungalow. Because SPG cannot take ah. it. So, so this is how she got it. She had refused for this bungalow initially. But later, after the SPG was withdrawn, yes, she could have moved out on her own. It was very... Uh, it's been a year, right? Since the SPG was removed? Has it been a year? Uh, yeah, almost. Just, just about. Almost. But, uh, you know, there is a tradition, I mean, of LK Advani, all kind of people, you know, uh, availing the same bungalow for so long. So they have never been asked to, you know, leave in those bungalows in the past. But in this case, she's so not this... LK Advani, na? She was never elected, nothing. Like, she's really no, no, no one. No, no. I uh, see, uh, no, there are other cases like hers also in the BJP. But why the BJP is asking her now? I mean, if when the C- SP- the same argument, SPG was withdrawn, they would have asked her at that time hmm. to vacate it. I think, it. Th- see, like Gandhi hate is a really nice, it's, it's a headline gra- grabbing thing. And it's something that, you know, generally people are against them. So whenever something's happened, I think they just throw in some Gandhi angle. Uh-huh. You know, China is happening, COVID is happening. Just throw a random like, oh, we've taught Robert Vadra a lesson. Or we're telling Priyanka Gandhi this. The public just feels happy. Ki chalo, I think this to whole pitay, idea of knows. having this whole bungalow zone, zone in the middle yeah. Of, yeah, it's just so feudal it's and so out of and inefficient. Yeah. yeah, and but I think five five six six acres of house. When the English people made it, there was a tabela, there was a gwale, there was a goat, there was a pig. What is this? You mean really? Now, just uh, just uh, in lighter vein, I thought that uh, many ministers, many MPs. For them and of of the elite variety that uh, variety that is in which uh, Priyanka Gandhi falls. Now it is they also want bungalows, but uh, they have certain kind of inconveniences because of the supervision, because of the distance it can bring. So uh, I thought it uh, the s- situation was similar to what uh, writer said was the problem with being published uh, by Oxford University Press. He said that uh, it is like being married to a duchess. The honor is greater than the pleasure. Because (laughs) (laughs) it is is like Uh. being married to a duchess. The honor is uh, greater than the pleasure because Oxford University books don't sell, but you are uh, regarded very high if you are published by Oxford. So many times for a kind of politicians, it's a more of a matter of honor than pleasure. 
You know, also one of the principal reasons for all these like bureaucrats, judges, and everybody just towing the government line is and becoming pliant is this. Arre, sir, because forget, they want this thing. Forget the judges. I would also. If, for that if, house. <laughs> if one is to be believed, and I, I, I will not take names here, one of the reasons that I've been told a prominent person from a very prominent party jumped and went to another prominent party. Uh, oh, we you know really can't tell yeah. who this is. Uh, what a mystery! What a yeah, mystery! But <laughs> but uh, what I've been told is because the guy wanted to retain that house because he has been living in that house since he was a kid. His dad had that house. Then he had that house. So if he doesn't get Raj Sabha, he will have to move his house, and he did. Oh. And it was for the house. He said, "Acha bachu, mujhe ye ghar nahi doge." Now we really don't know who you're talking. We don't know. About. But 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 I'm just saying. I'm telling you my <laughs> first-hand experience. I've said this before in the hafta. People will say same story. Both guys. जब हम आरटीआई एक्टिविस्ट हुआ करते थे अब हम जब आरटीआई अमेंडमेंट्स मनमोहन सिंह ने इंट्रोड्यूस की थी सो देवर मेनी पीपल हू केम आउट आउट एंड आउट एंड अपोज्ड देम एंड देवर सम एमपीज आल्सो हु सपोर्टेड आवर कॉज देवर वाज दिस वन टीडीपी एमपी हु वी वर टोल्ड दैट इज वेरी सिंपैथेटिक टू यू इज अ वेरी डिसेंट मैन सो ही हैड सेड ओके यू कम एंड हैव डिनर वी सेड वाई यू टेक इट अप इन पार्लियामेंट अगर पार्लियामेंट में कोई एमपी खड़ा होकर बोलेगा कि वाई यू अमेंडिंग दिस आरटीआई एक्ट देन यू नो इट विल गेट कवरेज तो वी वेंट एंड मेट हिम ही वेरी स्पास हाउस ह्यूज हाउस ही हैड लेडी द वन बेचारा सा सोफा वन बेचारी सी टेबल सिंपल मिल गए ही वॉज फ्रॉम टी डी पी एंड ही सेड आई आई एम विद यू आई एग्री बट आई कॉन्ट टेक अफ इसी आई कैन नॉट हैव हाउस लाइक दिस इन डेली बेसिकली ही वॉज अ डिसेंट गाय ही बिलीव ही जस्ट वॉज नॉट विलिंग टू स्पीक अप इन आर सपोर्ट बिकॉज ही कॉन्ट गेट अनदर हाउस इन डेली इट्स दैट सिंपल पॉलिटिशियंस तो फिर भी आई मीन यू कैन जस्ट आई मीन यू एक्सपेक्ट दैम टू बी दैट बट वैन यू हैव लाइक जजेस एंड like top I, I bureaucrats who are supposed to like wish, hold up no, hold I the wish, government account when even that doesn't happen I wish really that bad. modi had made is you know central vista over these these bungalows because these bungalows do not deserve to be there that is even anymore. that is making it worse because that's concentrating huh, more exactly more there. of that in fact it should be that's what i'm saying central vista should have been at that place. all these things should be turned into schools museums are you can do so much in that whole space there फोगेट दैट यार बाईस हजार एकड़ का गोल्फ क्लब यारिटी और वहां आपके ग्रीन साफ सो दैट द ग्रीन रिमेंस ग्रीन थ्रू द डेवली समर यू हैव ब्लडी एंड विद हेरिटेज मॉन्यूमेंट्स दैट आर बेसिकली क्लोज टू जनरल पब्लिक एग्जैक्टली इट 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 शुड बी द मॉडल लाइक न्यूयॉर्क सेंट्रल पार्क इट शुड बी अ पार्क ओपन फॉर द एंटायर पॉपुलेशन वहां एक साला लंगर लगा दो एंड एंड हैव अ ज़ू हैव पीपल यू नो कैन लाउंज अराउंड देयर एनीवे सो प्लीज कीप योर रिकमेंडेशंस रेडी आई एम जस्ट गोइंग टू रीड अ कपल ऑफ ईमेल्स एंड देन वी शैल वाइंड अप दिस हफ्ता सम ऑफ दीज ईमेल्स आर वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग सो दिस वन इज बाय निरंजन DNL team my wife and I are long time subscribers and occasional contributors to the science desk which says it all about what we think of NL thanks niranjan not just for your subscriptions and your support but also for writing for us coming to sus- the substantive point of discussion related to questions of NL catering to a wider audience and being more left that was taken up in hafta 282 we make the following brief points we have tried to introduce news laundry content to our friends and family who are educated and well off but mostly failed not because of their left and right leanings In fact they have no clue what left or right means but rather think in terms of pro or anti government stances and refuse to see any facts presented opposing the government's line 
This is simply due to them not having skin in the game, in the words of Nasim Talib. In other words, they don't have any costs or harm associated with their belief in these falsehoods. I would love to unpack this, but for word limit. 2. Manisha's concern of NL being classified as more leftist is misconceived as you are falling for the propaganda trap of the left-right dichotomy. NL should instead be educating people about the fallacy of applying oversimplistic left-right categories, especially to Indian politics. 3. Another reason you should not be bothered about pandering to a wider audience is the fact of history that a truth-seeking person or organizations have always been marginalized in the society and never become mainstream until people realized and accepted it much later. The above point implies that number of subscribers News Laundry will have will always be inversely proportional to the inconvenient truth content of NL as it is impossible to get majority to subscribe because most refuse to see facts but rather turn into sheep sheeple. Achha that's a play on people sheeple. Like due, sheep. Like sheep. But turn into sheeple due to a combination of our evolutionary past and the psychology of groupthink. This also needs more explanations but can't due to word limit. NL should instead stick to fact-based critique and reporting as it has been and will always and there will always be a critical minority of people who would support this endeavor. Here are some useful links to think about the left-right communism socialism. And then you have given a Chomsky take on socialism. You have given a YouTube link and you have also... put the link to nasim talib skin in the game conversation best shobhan niranjan thanks shobhan niranjan nice. under this hafta the links to their what they have suggested just put that as shobhan niranjan links they will be there thanks shobha and niranjan appreciate your yeah, and you guys reviews. i this mean is uh, really really well written you, you can know. actually be, i mean if it's a letter there's a word count issue but you can actually write in more if you want to elaborate on your experience with your friends and family yeah why do you do that if Could you want to could be interesting piece I'm, and it is something that everyone really talks about like why do you believe the things that you do in the face of evidence against it and again it's so niranjan why don't you write forget the word limit write and send us we let's publish it as a piece also mark me abhinandansekri@gmail.com just mark me on it as well and i think like news professionals have had such tired conversations about it it'll be nice to hear what news consumers have to say about this and that also those who are science desk contributors yes then bhavesh so there is one thing i just want to add this whole a lot of people have this say this you know history will remember or history will i just find it really irritating i'd like to be relevant now i don't want to take in you don't really like da vinci apne zamane mein to pagal tha matlab i'd like to be appreciated while i'm alive i really don't care what history books say about me <laughs> also <laughs> i think it's become them. a bit of a fashion to like also it's a bit lazy na ki koi baat hum aaj jo bhi kare par hame history yaad rakhegi maybe we won't be remembered yeah Maybe people will be like fuck off. These people. Maybe people will be like fuck off. This is also that human impulse to, I mean, feel important. Nah, feel important. We, yeah. yeah. I'll write a book. Ensure that history will remember you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Then Prakash Ayer has another mail. Uh, I have two, three mails. So Prakash, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll give your main points. Prakash did not like our conversation on the China border discussion. He says, uh, you know, our attitude that uh, he says most people in the panel said that we should not get into a fight. He says that. if we don't fight now we are timid as well they will keep taking whatever belongs to india without much of a fight yes 20 lives is tragic but the scale matters and a country of 1.2 billion people should be willing to fight more <gasps> make them lick their wounds and at least before trying to take us on especially shocking to hear phrases that we should be friendly with our neighbors and then um, he says you guys are you guys delusional then neither park nor china is interested in friendship with us uh, and we need to grow a spine So basically, that's what it. he says. No matter what you do, Park and China will always want to take over your land and be. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I personally don't disagree with that, Prakash. But I do think there is some wisdom to 
how you conduct foreign policy i don't think uh, military yeah. strategy is foreign policy exactly. and when one says friendly one doesn't say aao baitho khamagani mari lo halaki i don't mean you sit in a jhula and jhulo oh wait sorry you do <laughs> but who did that <laughs> who did that but i think in gujarat uh, next to sabarmati since we are being vague awesome. yes since we are being vague <laughs> but I, i mean i don't know enough about this subject i will go by you know many experts have weighed in but i do think strategy matters and for strategy to matter one has to have a very educated and informed view of the world world history and geopolitics and i genuinely believe that our current dispensation doesn't because i don't think they've ever read a book that's my i'm done uh, anyone else wants to weigh in on this so, i mean strategy uh, matters this, in the nuclear era all this re- this readiness more. to send our soldiers to war and okay 20 is not enough where so many people uh, more can die but why should they die i mean war also has to be there has to be a sensible way of waging a war also there's to be a reason to it also no, you have no? to have a plan b plan, yeah, what yeah. is your exit what is your safe face for them what is your safe face for us what are you going to do internationally there are bunch of things it is not ki chalo tum it's not gadar na ki sunny di unne wo khad diya what should be the last, last of the loss resort. resorts if at all absolutely because i mean it's easy to say we should grow a spine go to war and all that but what does that do i mean for example he's saying that we should put up walls and be economically like great if you go to war that's not going to happen not just your people are going to be killed but your economy is going to be destroyed right. has we like didn't disastrous effects we didn't discuss the destruction of the chinese economy because of the app ban also i mean <laughs> it's i mean it's e- great to say that oh china and pakistan are not like interested in peace and all that china has settled its borders with a lot of its neighbors it has 13 14 neighbors it has settled a lot of the borders and given land in exchange for like settling borders and making making it sure so that it's not unreasonable and china yeah. and, and also unreasonable because our government has tried to have friendly relations with china they met like 18 times you know we've tried to work on trade together so this is not the last option it's not the only way to be with your neighbor is there are always going to be conflict but you can't i mean you can't at the first provocation you go and start a war and even That's now the happen. core commanders are meeting there are meetings ah. going on till way to midnight to figure one. this out I mean you have to be prepared you have to be ready for everything but I mean you don't just go to war and to go to war or not to go to war both cannot be the purposes of a state both both are not the purposes of a state whether to go to war or not to go in in the say uh, in the short life that a political leadership will have or a citizenship will have within the boundaries of a nation state both cannot be the purposes you see there will come a point when the cost benefit analysis economy the number of casualties expected that comes a critical point when the idea of the nation state overtakes that and that is the point when people go to war when states go to war it is not i i would think that with china the point is not yet that point has not yet arrived right uh, there is yes uh, and uh, china has uh, means there is lot of scholarship lot of uh, hang about uh, things going about china there are too many china experts uh, at, and at the same time there is very clear lack of insights about china in india uh, both are coexisting you have so many experts telling too many things on china and then you have a total lack of say mandarin literacy Yeah, or say insights about also it also tells us about what kind of state china is and uh, third point i would not agree that it also it has to do with the what kind of knowledge 
the political leadership has because on critical points of foreign policy inputs, apart from two, three ops leaders which had deep foreign policy interest, it is the foreign office, the Indian Foreign Service, the diplomats who advise the political leadership, the foreign policy cadre, the top diplomats, the top... So it has been like this, say, except two, three prime ministers, it has been like then um, Shonak says, Hi, Team News Laundry. As I always, can't resist writing when I hear discussions about healthcare. To Raman sir's point that bed occupancy has remained relatively stable over three months. While that may appear reassuring, the details are a little more troubling. Hospitals make most money from surgeries and procedures and not as much money from treating medical problems. For the same reason, surgeons are paid much more than physicians. During this pandemic, most patients as well as doctors are postponing elective, non-urgent surgeries, for example, knee replacements. That is why the bed occupancy may be stable. Same number of patients, but now mostly COVID and very few non-COVID. However, the healthcare system in most countries with a capitalist healthcare system, including the US where I practice, is so flawed that not having many surgical patients cannot be sustained by the hospital for more than a few months without incurring severe losses, which will result in them shutting down. So while the numbers are being made to look good, the overall situation remains grave. This pandemic has exposed all kinds of problems in the healthcare system, that people in power have chosen to ignore for several years. But this road through hell is paved with hope and good intentions. On a side note, would like to sponsor News Laundry subscription of 10 students. Please let me know how to go about it. Also, Abhinandan, let Manisha get her time off. Yay, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Shauna. Not for your last bit of advice, which we shall consider. <laughs> but but for uh, the 10 subscriptions of students, really appreciate it. Shauna, you know, a few people like you are actually sponsoring subscription for almost 20 to 30 uh, if not more students a month. So if you're a student and listening to it as a Mufat course, because this part isn't the free part, do write in, fill in that form and uh, we will write to you, Shonak, and we will let you know how you can sponsor these 10 subscriptions or you can just mail me at abhinandansekri at gmail.com and I shall put you in touch with my colleague Chitranshu who is managing this program. Thanks again, Shonak. Appreciate it and have a great week. Now there's only one email left which is Bhavesh Bhatt's 660 word mail. So, Bhavesh, uh, how about this? I can't read the whole bit out. You've said you can just read out the bits that are in bold, but in bold italic, but probably someone who's copy-pasted it is not bold italic. You basically said that regarding how the reporting and podcast stance of NL is slowly shifting, uh, that there was a discussion about monkey balancing, but the last few haftas, Manisha has been wondering about the reasons why people think so. Your input is that while I'm okay with personal ideology and individual bias, I feel some sort of balance in reporting and discussion you pick for Hafta or the people you choose to criticize is necessary. You are not perceived as left-leaning just because you criticize right. It is because you choose not to criticize prominent local left. For example, you often criticize Swaraj for the stories that have been written with premeditated government-friendly stances, which is okay, but should be done. But why don't you criticize their mirror image, The Wire, with a few reports that have been in the past added flavor to give certain color. Uh, okay, I'll just address this right now and then the panel can also... We have actually called out not just Wire, but even Caravan, which you could say, and, and, you know, I have friends who work there. But when they have, you know, when they have said something that was either incomplete or outright wrong, but the frequency with which Swaraj has done fake news reporting, so that we call out. And anyone who does fake news, we call that out. In fact, I remember we had a piece about the Quint and why it's something they did was very problematic. I don't think you would disagree, Bhavesh, that the frequency with which outright demonstrable lies Swaraj carries, whether it is the case of Deepika Padukone's Chapak, the character is Muslim. I mean, and that's not a viewpoint, na. You are just saying lies. Same thing with Open India keeps doing and Swaraj has done this several times. 
so that is uh, why it's a little easier but yeah i i get what you're saying and we were just talking about the wire right yeah, yeah we were yeah. talking about the wire right now which about yeah the, no we, and uh, yeah you're right the the thing is that the biggest reason why we're unable to criticize the left as much as we do right because the right is just i mean it's just another extreme if you have one organization which is just blatantly putting out incorrect information then propaganda kind of takes a back seat so if we were more people or maybe yeah you're right like maybe we need to have dedicatedly you know look at all the websites but when you're choosing a story and there are two stories of maybe say propaganda or leanings like left leaning versus an outright lie <laughs> misinformation our attention tends to divert towards the misinformation and the lies the outright lie yeah. one so example that's the, the problem the other uh, letter we got about what is his name sharjil 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 yeah op india has carried several several articles saying he's a news laundry editor yeah. he's a yeah. he's an editor <laughs> employee but any cow level of that l- lunacy is of a different level i so i don't think there's an equivalence there for one often like yeah so f- i mean even this, this kashmiri boy thing i would have liked to maybe say do an article on how the wire quoted the boy which was i think it was very problematic and not cool to, at all but then when you have the other side using that boy's image with things like pulitzer lover or using the image in a certain way with crass language then your attention just diverts away from you know maybe what a wire does to what like an open day or a swaraj or a samit patra does uh, then you you know another point which is kind of similar where you said that mehraj one of the finest but he often gets you know led away by his biases without intervention while discussing the brutalities of kashmir he loosely said see what happened to shujaat bukhari he was killed and you said that he was killed by terrorists not by authorities so no um, we didn't say that did we no you just said that he was killed in an ag- conversation about kashmir so you said we don't know no no yeah but no? Uh, no but i'm saying what he's saying is that the bias is evident in in just you know sure the what yeah. So, yeah, of course fine, i mean yeah fine. then he says uh, on the other side anand vardhan often has to clarify his ground observations as not being his own opinions because other panelists would not let those politically incorrect ideas go unchecked do you think ideas are politically incorrect anand no they are my views it doesn't matter whether they are politically correct or incorrect but uh, what he says that uh, i camouflage my opinions as uh, observations of what is uh, sees uh, what i see that is he's wrong i i distinguish between what is my view and what i see as the psyche of others what i gather from my observations and his one point is making is that abhinandan ridiculing the idea by giving equal weightage as monkey balancing it may not be the case all the time only you said that because hafta has the conglomeration of individual opinions and that brings the balance to the discussion but you never table the issues up for discussion that will involve people or platforms that i have mentioned earlier if there is already a pattern of what you put up for discussion that how are you going to bring the balance of flavor on media critique yeah, i also agree also you're not and you want to be on the oz newsline whatsapp group so please send me your email id or send it to contact at newslaundry.com and you can mark abhinandan sakri@gmail.com to we'll add you to the news laundry new zealand and australia group well you know we have invited like i've said earlier and i feel that i keep repeating myself and you know kind of justifying that but that's fine i'll do it because some subscribers have come late many people from the right of center don't come uh, when we invite them some of them one doesn't call because one doesn't want to give a platform to people who have said that things that are way beyond because i want this hafta to be a civilized conversation and if you call someone who has gone way beyond any basic decency it will not remain one i have in the past called someone like that bamzai guy what's his name sandeep sandeep bamzai who will probably come again he, and, and he'll come again the only thing was that it became very difficult to talk because then it just any disagreement with his idea became a battle and i don't want this to be an anandab show so there's also that and sorry mehraj before you come in and one last point 
uh, and it's not just bro that they don't come here. I have told you, at Jaipur Lit Fest, Sudhir Chaudhary did not show up for a panel because I was on it. And I repeat, it is because the sheer facts by which you can beat these people over the head with their shit, they don't have a spine to counter that. So that's best for them not to engage. I'm happy to engage. But 90% of them don't engage. I mean, it's not just for this. I mean, sometimes when we reach out to people like, say, Rahul Shivshankar or the other anchors for stories, for example, they never, they say we don't talk to News Laundry, for example. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do beyond that, right? Exactly. So that's why we can't, yeah. And happy One, to have I a conversation. Th- was it Arnab or... Uh, Arnab, Arnab. Uh, Arnab or somebody who said, uh, Arnab. I don't know what News Laundry is. No, no, that is... <laughs> uh, that is... Z guy. But both Arnab and Sagrika Ghosh refused to talk to our reporters. And, so. and Sudhir has given an interview I, to News Laundry when I wasn't here. Achha. Ah, he spoke to me ah. long yeah, time ago. That's because I'm generally a pleasant person. Everyone likes talking to me. Okay, thank you that for that. Is, I mean, that's a yeah. problem. I mean. So, <laughs> before we say goodbye, do mail in with your comments to contact at newslaundry.com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry.com. Give us your feedback, give us your inputs, tell us what you think and what we should do to make News Laundry better. Spread the word, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served. So, do tell your friends and family about News Laundry so we can have more people who become part of the community that keeps news afloat. On that note, let's have the recommendations. Anand, why don't you start? Uh, my recommendation is uh, I, this morning, it is not related to anything we discussed. And uh, this morning I woke up to the news of the passing away of a very, very great West Indian cricketer, the Caribbean cricketer, sorry, Everton Wicks. So he was a cricketer of 1950s. So obviously I am also not that old to have seen him playing or watched him playing on uh, television. What, what, I have, what I have all gathered about him is through the writings and remembrances of uh, people who played with him or who watched him, the great writers. Now, the thing about... Uh, cricket writing is that whole world of sports it is considered the most refined sports writing and uh, uh, something uh, the obituaries about uh, Mr. Wicks in the Cricket Monthly uh, magazine that is an e-magazine and uh, Greek Info also uh, CLR James it's it's not a book about uh, uh, Wicks but uh, CLR James book on West Caribbean cricket in, that was published in early 1960s, the Beyond the Boundary. It is widely re- uh, regarded by a lot of literary critics as the best book ever written on any sports, uh, Beyond the Boundary. And it sets the background in which cricketers like Weeks emerged. So uh, he doesn't mention him or any other cricketer. It is his personal account, but it gives you the background of Caribbean cricket. So that, that is my only recommendation. Thank you. Raman, sir? Our last media, Rammal, had, uh, you know, one uh, invitee from the US, Marissa. Yes. So Marissa's uh, had broken one story. Uh, Netflix player, you know. Uh-huh. Marissa had broken one story about Larry Larry Nasser. Larry Nasser. Huh. Uh, you know, a doctor who had uh, sexually abused Gymnastic. many gymnasts. Gym. So... Athlete A, the Netflix, the documentary has come over this, on this issue. Athlete A, it's called Athlete A. Netflix is featuring it. It's one hour, 40 minutes. Good. 
pretty good. I mean, at that time, Marisa had narrated how she broke yeah. the story, so she also features in the into the. In fact, we should do a review of that mm. series and replug that interview. Yes, because now she's the worldwide phenomenon because of this whole yeah. Netflix film. We had invited her, mm. and she was such a. low key yes. you know she was so timid even, and not even, at all even even in this uh, how they i mean it was she was the she was instrumental but how the entire team yeah worked on you know that. worked on this story and they broke it uh, and uh, the ensuring that this guy gets two terms of 60 years yeah uh, 65 okay, years okay 60 years mm-hmm. and then then also how they went after others who tried to you know kill the exactly right so it's they a good it, yeah. very good feature hmm. uh, i have a bunch of recommendations this time so there's this book i have started reading why liberalism failed it's hmm. by patrick j dinin i have just started it but it's really interesting already fail ho gayi have we hmm. decided that it's failed yeah, that, so that's <laughs> okay. why it's very interesting so i was like i just saw the title and i was very captivated so i started okay. reading it it's Pass very interesting it on after you're yeah. done mm-hmm. and the other is a report uh, basant did about these uh, factory workers in faridabad who worked in a factory for 15 20 years 65 of them and 26 of them have lost their fingers working at that factory mm-hmm. and then during the lockdown because they were told to go on leave and uh, these people after like their savings started to run out they went back to the management and said help us to tide over this lockdown and they got into an argument as happens everywhere in india like we were talking about this cop who got upset because this guy mm-hmm. talked back to ego him. apparently for the same reason because they couldn't take this how could these lowly workers talk to us they fired 65 of them 26 of them who have lost literally the shed their blood for the company mm. and now th- these people are struggling trying to get their jobs so this is on newsline.com guys check yes, it out yes please read it and uh, the third is uh, the latest epi- episode of manisha's uh, nuisance nuisance the last yes. one about ram devit's like one of the best so far informative funny and like what journalism should be about thank you that's very kind of you yes manisha uh, so uh, in the wake of tiktok ban and by the way sorry it's so good that i haven't removed it from the slider for the last <laughs> since it was put up <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> bias your bias yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no in the wake of the tiktok ban there's been a, there's been a lot of support for tiktok ban which i find quite amusing uh, a lot of people felt that these were just no gooders doing like these cringy things wasting their time so uh, there's a video one hour long from contrapoints i've given a shout out to them earlier also but it's a video on cringe why do we cringe at ourselves and why do we cringe at the stuff that we watch i think it's really interesting and you should watch it i have two recommendations one is actually a film that was recommended to me by an awful and awesome listener called disclosure it's about the representation of the trans community in popular culture cinema film etc television uh, down the ages and how that actually impacts how society views them it's on netflix it's called disclosure and it was a huge education for me again i don't necessarily agree with every perspective it's just talking heads of trans people talking about how they you know came out and and how they react to what they see in popular culture and i think it is such a i mean one goes through life as a cis upper caste privileged male with a very narrow kind of view it kind of you use the word cis that means you're really becoming woke you're being schooled by awesome and awful writers i'm i'm not being educated you, i've never heard you say cis even i've never heard myself say cis <laughs> so see i'm learning every day i learn something new so i i thought it was a huge education and the second piece which again i think is a little i'd say because of the rage and the passion it's by caroline randall williams in the new york times it says 
you want a confederate monument my body is a confederate monument oh is it the one that starts i have rape colored skin yes i have rape oh, colored that's a very powerful piece so it's a very powerful piece and you know it like hits you in the stomach and you you can't argue with it although i will say at some level it kind of emotionally manipulates you because some of the things are i may not agree with if it was put to me by somebody else but because of this person's history and the fact that this person comes from slaves having been raped by white people and is their descendant it's a very powerful piece and a very important piece so i would recommend it on that note uh, thank you panel thank, thank you, you anand um, and uh, until next hafta please support independent media pay to keep news free and we'll see you then duniya mere aage hota hai shabur तमाशा मेरे आगे laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.